This is Nina, and you're listening to Nerd Out Space. The best place to just kick up your hobbit feet, chill out, lay back, and listen to whatever I'm about to say. Trigger warning. This episode contains mentions of abuse, trauma, and inappropriate relationships between adults and minors. First, I'd like to clarify that I'm not going to act like I know how to make a podcast, what's the right thing to say or how to say it. This is more of a safe space for me to rant about all my favorite things, and the things I hate, for that matter, all in my nerdy domain. If you like what you hear, or you have some constructive criticism slash suggestions to give me, feel free to reach out via voice message here on Anchor, where this podcast is made, or via any other of my social media that were all created for the sole purpose of this podcast. This is probably so random, because some of you know me, and some don't. And if you do know me, I am truly sorry to be meeting you here, because you probably have to be wondering, why am I here, and why am I listening to Babylon in English on some weird-ass podcast? See, friend, all I have to say to you is that this is for everyone's well-being. Because this way, I no longer have to annoy my friends and my family with the endless pool of emotions that comes out of my fandom-driven heart, okay? To those of you who never met me in their life, welcome! It's absolutely lovely having you here. Um, Know that this is a safe space for you to chill or to get very, very frustrated with me if you want, no matter who you are or where you are at the moment. Now, I really hope you didn't think this would be just like a simple, basic pilot episode or whatever where I tell you about myself and my motivations and lengthy descriptions because no, no, no. If that's the case, I am very sorry to inform you that you were gravely mistaken. Because today, my dear friends, we are diving into the amazing yet so, so terrifying world of shipping and OTPs. Before you get to know all of my dirty secrets, though, I think it would be for the best to maybe get some of the formalities out of the way, if you will. According to our beloved friend that never gets anything wrong like ever, Arben Dictionary, shipping is the act of wanting or supporting two or more, but that is an addition that I made, according to my reading and watching experience, individuals involved in a romantic relationship. Now... I, as the soul beaming with romance until the day I die and long, long after, I have zero issues with this. But while I do not consider the concept of shipping toxic as such, I do think it's important to know that there are toxic shippers and toxic ships. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, right? The term of an OTP is somewhat connected to this, since when we turn once again to our trusty friend, we find out that it's an abbreviation for one true pairing, or as in the ship you will go down with, the one pairing that absolutely makes you like want to scream anytime someone mentions it, but like in a good way, you know? Okay, moving on. Naturally, a no TP is its counterpart, a ship so disgusting it never should have existed and should burn in an eternal flame. I would like to talk a little about the two polarized groups that live rent-free in my head. So, those are my favorite ships, and the ships that be like, call me Titanic, because there's no way in hell we won't sink on you. 
Yeah, I know. I despise them so, so bad. We will call them the blue group because I adore the color and the brown group. The connotations that evokes, I leave entirely to your imaginations because I said nothing. I said nothing. Some of my opinions might be viewed as controversial. That being said, I hope even though you disagree with me, you won't turn into one of said toxic shippers that would literally kill a man if someone as much as looked weirdly at their OTP. To that, I have but one thing to say. Stop it. Get some help. We're all decent people here, and we spread the message of love. So now, rather buckle up, because we're in for a ride. Oh, and for those who hate spoilers, I think this might be your cue to leave. Although, if you wouldn't want to hear them, I'm not sure why you tuned in in the first place. The runner-up for the blue group is America and Maxon from the Selection series. If you are not yet familiar with the Selection, uh, which is currently and supposedly being adapted into a movie, it is a story of a young woman living in a very divided society that works in like a caste-like system that goes, I think, one to eight. One being the king and his family and all that shtick, and eight being the most unfortunate people of all time. America, the, the protagonist, belongs to the fifth cast, which consists of mostly artists. You know, a quirky girl, we like a quirky girl. She has the opportunity to go into the king's castle and compete with, I think, like 29 other girls for the hand of the crown prince that recently turned 18, which is precisely when Maxon comes, comes in. See, I don't really care what anybody has to say about this election, it's clear that the relationship is almost, and almost with a lot of emphasis, as close to like real genuine love based on friendship as they get. And honestly, I absolutely stan. Both of their characters are extremely real in terms of writing, both have a lot of good and bad in them, they go through a lot together, and they don't even fall in love at the very beginning, and decide to just like hit it off as friends. You know, Bessie absolutely friendzoned the dude she went in to compete for, in the first five minutes of the book. But their relationship progressed, you know, as the real ones do. While I'm not too big on the spin-offs, uh, the sole thing I enjoyed the most of all is the way their joint aging was portrayed. You know, how they stayed together side by side, no matter what, and they really worried for each other. And that's always a nice thing to see. I actually think that's what most of us aloromantic folks strive to have in a relationship. I say most, though, not all. If, if that's not your thing, that's completely valid and that's okay. Now, hopefully you don't expect me to not be mean, because I'm about to drag someone so hard right now. The absolute thorn in my side of the brown group are... Drum roll, please, I guess. Harden and Tessa, from the book and movie series After. It's a young adult story of a couple that just breaks up and then gets back together. And then again, I think at least 10 times in a row. I might be biased, though. I'm not sure if I've ever hated any book with such a burning passion. I mean... Have you ever in your life seen a couple so toxic? I only read like the first book, which by the by was done awfully 
in Slovak translation. Since I somehow got a piece that was like mishandled by the print, it had the last chapter consisting of a lot of revelations, like a lot of revelations and other BS, stuck in the middle of the book. So I unconsciously spoiled everything for myself before the given time. Can't say I'm mad though. At least I saved some time. Uh, I think the only worst piece of literature I've ever read was Fifty Shades of Grey. Notice how I'm not mentioning Twilight, because I've never read it. I know, I know. How do I even even dare to call, call myself bookworm? Well, listen here, Susan. Not everyone has the money, or the time, or the energy to buy four, or now even five thick-ass books that I most likely wouldn't even enjoy. But I digress. First of all, what kind of name is even Harden? Some of you might consider this an unnecessary hate, but like, look, the whole series is based on a Wattpad fanfiction on Harry Styles while 1D was still functioning. Don't get me wrong, I was a 1D stand myself, and I read dozens of fanfics, some good and some really, really bad. But not in a thousand years, thousand years would I think, hmm, what would be the perfect substitute for the name Harry? Why just not go with Henry, or Harris, Hunter, Huxley, Hugh, Hiram, Holton, or even Hudson, like the river? Who in Terranation even came came up with the name Harden? Honestly, I... why? Anyway, back to the topic now. Tessa and Harden are one of the worst couples to be shipped, period. I'm not taking opinions. I would be willing to overlook the fact that he was supposed to make her fall in love with him or sleep with him or whatever as a part of a bet with his friends, because this is already such an overused trope in young adult media that isn't healthy at all, but we all kind of love. That being said, what is not okay, as if this was okay, but never mind, what is not okay is that Harden is clearly mentally unwell. Time and time again, he shows that he is abusive and dangerous and absolutely not stable. And Tessa keeps coming back like clockwork. I've seen both movies and I'm not sure if I've ever been like more uncomfortable TM in my life. To clarify though, I do not consider Anna Todd a bad writer, so I think that should be heard. Everyone starts somewhere, right? And while I hate the way she glorifies an absolutely toxic relationship in her books, I don't think she deserves any hate targeted at her person, so bear that in mind, please. Todd said in her interview for Refinery that she's not writing books to be an example and that she is well aware of how problematic this relationship is. In my opinion, that is like all fine and well that she knows it, but I still don't think this relationship uh, should be portrayed as something you know, glorified and sexy and hot in cinema and books for young adults, essentially teenagers aged 12 to 18. Because in any case, you haven't noticed, kids are kind of dumb. I was dumb. I was probably one of the dumbest teenagers ever. Because I would see a relationship, I was like, oh yeah, this is what I want. And it didn't matter if it was like a healthy or a toxic relationship. So... 
children and teenagers they will see this and they will think yeah this is what what it's supposed to look like you know this is what i want like it's very hot it's passionate they break up then they get back together and they will mimic this set example and they will simp for harden until the day they somehow manage to come to their senses which might be in an innocent way just like waking up from a dream or might be in a way that none of us really want to go through so again this is a clear no TP for me. Another runner-up for the blue group has got to be, has got to be Magnus and Alec from The Mortal Instruments. Or in my case, mostly Shadowhunters the series. And yes, I am still very bitter that the show got cancelled. Thank you very much. Uh, I only read the first book because somehow I managed to have the first book then the third the fourth the fifth so i'm missing the second and the sixth but anyway i feel like the whole plot line of mortal instruments is a little difficult to go over but basically you have a bunch of teenagers with angel blood that get tattooed from head to toe and fight demons right how you do like how like you do normally they call themselves the shadow hunters because you have to be edgy you also have people that have demon blood, which can manifest in many different ways, like in werewolves, vampires, and warlocks. As a coincidence, Magnus is a warlock, and he's immortal. Alec is a shadow hunter, with the lifespan of a typical human. Now, I don't have too many specific reasons to enjoy this ship, but the ones I do are just, you know, they share a true bond. Their relationship is really fresh to see evolve. It, it feels really nice. It feels really real. And, you know, they progress together. They go, o go over many struggles. It's, it's a really nice sight to see. At the beginning, we have like a little mutual pining, a little forbidden love, you know, Romeo and Juliet kind of thing going on. Which, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for and who can blame me? They overcome the whole mortality struggle with love, which is great. And yes, I might be getting a little sappy on you right now. Don't cringe. Leave me alone, okay? To be honest, the actors for both Alec and Magnus did a really good job. And the writing of their relationship was probably the best out of the entire show. Which, now that I'm saying it, is a little upsetting considering how many things and seasons were happening and were going on and had potential. So yeah, that's kind of sad, but hey, whatever, right? Moving on. It, it got cancelled, so I guess there was a reason, but eh. Out of the brown group, there is a ton, and I mean a ton, of other couples that I can throw shade on. So here I go. This might be an incredibly unpopular opinion, but hear me out. Ander and Omar, from the Netflix show Elite, or Elite, if you will. If you don't yet know Elite, which I advise you should change, because Spanish drama is the best drama. They, they are the drama queens of the world. It is a show taking place in a preppy high school somewhere in Spain. A murder happens and is undergoing an investigation. Now, who doesn't like a good mystery, right? I mean, I'm not really like a detective uh, mystery kind of thing. I mean, I, I do love to watch some, but I never read any because I get kind of bored. Uh, 
But it's a little difficult to divide the characters of the series. But I'd say that Ander and Omar are one of the supporting roles, I think. Before y'all tear into me saying this is your all-time favorite ship, let me just state my points, okay? I am not by any means trashing you as a person for shipping this. If that's your thing, go go ahead, sis, pop off. I don't care. So the fact that they are together is all nice, I guess. Uh, But there is so much toxicity in that relationship. Like, I'm not saying that toxic relationship cannot overcome and grow out of the bad habits to become a better one. In fact, there will be another couple from the same series, which I feel sets a much better example, considering this. When it comes to Omar and Ander, the toxicity kind of repeats itself in a magical cycle. First, they keep pushing each other away, which I understand, like, coming out of the closet, I can't even imagine what that must be like, you know? But when they actually manage to overcome this kind of, like, this big obstacle, you would expect it to get better, but it doesn't, because then they cheat, and then they make up, and then they cheat again, and they make up, and cheat, and make up, and it's it's all running in an endless circle. I recently rewatched Elite just to prepare myself for the upcoming fifth season, and anytime they, their screen time would, would come, I was just low-key so annoyed, because the same mistakes kept repeating themselves without much of a change for the better. Which, you know, you don't really want to see being glorified on the internet as it is. From what I've seen in the trailers and teasers, I must say I am mostly disappointed because I do think it's just gonna stay the same and it won't change, which is really sad to see. Mostly because this is the longest lasting relationship, queer relationship on the series. So you would expect some kind of healthy development, but I guess not. The third part of the blue group must absolutely consist of Nadia and Guzman from Elite. Don't even try and fight me on this one, okay? If you hate them, that's on you, but you're missing out on some spectacular character growth and development. In the relationship of Guzman and Nadia, we are meeting two very different people that fall for each other, that go from enemies to lovers, you know, which we all love, but more than that, their relationship explores moral dilemmas, cultural differences, dealing with trauma and growth together and on their own. A proud preppy asshole and a Muslim girl. Their chemistry flies around in sparks, yes, but the way they complement each other and the way they make each other into better people is a force to be reckoned with. The writers and actors did a marvelous job so far, or at least in my opinion. But after seeing all the recent trailers and teasers, I am extremely, and when I say extremely, I mean it, because I'm quaking in my boots. I'm extremely afraid that is kind of, that it's kind of just going downhill from now on. Because if I'm being honest, this relationship is kind of, you know, what kept me interested for the four seasons now. And I'm not sure how I'm going to cope if they destroy all the build-up that they did. That being said... Are you also watching this show on Netflix? If so, I am really interested. What are your opinions on both the show so far and the much-anticipated fifth season? 
please do let me know through any of my social media. I want to hear it. I want to talk. I want to vent all of it. Just let me know. Hit me up. The very last of the abominations that have the audacity to even be considered ships to be mentioned from the Brown Group is something extremely controversial. If I know you and you have anything, and I mean it, if you have anything to do with this ship or a similar one, please listen carefully and maybe, just maybe, reconsider this whole thing you've got going on, okay? I want to touch up on a ship from Harry Potter. I'm not gonna get into the whole rolling fiasco, because that's a whole another rant. But the ship being mainly Snape and absolutely anyone that is under the age of 18. You might be laughing now, and I see that. I've seen you, and I've seen your fanfics on Archive of Our Own or Wattpad about Snape pinning a 15-year-old Harry to the wall and doing heaven knows what. I am shook. Let me tell you, I am shook, I am disgusted, and I am terrified. Let me tell you, I do not condemn you or judge you as a, as a person if this is something you've been into. You might be unaware of how problematic this is. And if that's the case, you're lucky, because I am here to explain and tell you about it. This ship, and any other ship that is similar to this one, meaning one that involves a full-ass adult and a minor, is problematic, because it promotes pedophilia as something to be glorified, which is not. We don't have survivors of those kind of horrible situations in which a little child had to go through a traumatic experience for us to tolerate ships like this being praised and written about like it's okay, you know, because it's not. And I'm looking at you, the person that ships My Hero Academia teaching characters with their students. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No more Eraserhead and Froppy. No more All Might and Deku. Stop it. Stop it. Be, be better than that, please. And while we're at it, please... Stop sexualizing 15-year-olds. Like, I don't mind if you ship the students together, like, as an actual proud kachako shipper, I am speaking to you, which I'm also not taking any shit about. But, you know, it makes a little more sense because they are the same age, at least. You know, it might make us a little weird and a tad too emotionally invested in the relationship of animated teenage characters, yes. But it does not undermine anyone's traumatic experience. So why don't we just leave it at that? Okay? Please, I'm begging you. Don't even consider looking into these ships. Don't give them any attention. They need to be avoided. Because they are extremely problematic. Phew. Okay, so that was a whole another rant. I feel like I actually might be running out of words, which doesn't really happen too often, so, you know, like, write this down into your calendar calendar, or, like, just phone notes or something, because you actually might be witnessing history. But before we part ways, travelers, I'd like to share with you something, which is my all-time favorite chip. The OTP so ingrained in my heart, I might just cherish them forever. That not being me and my partner. No, no, no. <laughs> Let me tell you. Are you at 
all familiar with Percy Jackson. No, I don't mean the atrocity of a movie. That's just that's just pure sad, right? I mean the books. The ones of you that actually know me. Some might not, but the ones of you that do know me are well aware that I would probably read anything from Rick Riordan. Even his shopping list, if he gave, gave me one. So... When I say that Annabeth and Percy are the absolute perfect embodiment of enemies to friends to lovers slow burn, I am right. And if I am not right, then nothing in this world makes sense anymore. They've literally known each other since they were 12. And now they are whole grown-ass adults going to university together and all that, you know, lovey-dovey stuff. And before you roll your eyes, eyes, this is not just some baseless romance, okay? Percy jumped into Tartarus, also known as the literal Greek equivalent of hell, just for Annabeth, just to save her and to not leave her alone and to leave her for, for death. She was literally the only person who knew where Percy's Achilles' heel was. They both experienced so many horrors together so many traumatic things and they are the only ones they were that that were always there for each other if there is one fictional couple that deserves the true happily ever after with all the you know disney shtick the glitter the the hard eyes it's them it's them that's it that's it that's the tweet (laughs) okay um I think this might be a good place to wrap things up, don't you think? If you've actually made it to the end, you are the realest MVP out there, I I gotta admit. Not many people can take my rants all by themselves. You know, like, my partner, my close friends, and my family are obliged to do so. But you? You did it willingly. I applaud you. You're a hero, really. I'd like to uh, give a shout-out before before we come to an end, to the most coolest, absolutely bestest dudes from the World of Culture podcast. Since they were so nice to reach out even a little earlier before I even started streaming, and we encouraged each other as to starting a podcast. If you're interested in the stories of guys that live in a dorm, in a mountain, in the middle of absolutely nothing, that discuss pop culture, fashion, all, all that kind of stuff and many more, definitely do check them out. I think they would be ecstatic. I sincerely hope that at least part of you enjoyed our pilot episode as much as I did. I had a lot of fun, I must say. It was it was great. Even though uh, this is kind of an experiment, I don't have all the right equipment yet. I might, you know, later on. I might not be recording this to to my iPad or actually I might just have a normal microphone. We'll see. If you have any message messages that you'd like to send me or that you'd like to be included in the next episode, please by all means do tell. Either DM me on my Nerd Out Space Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and almost any other social media there is or or just saying, if you like to take more of a spotlight, you know, just like a little star and drama queen that you are, send me a voice message to be included via the Anchor app that uh, I make the podcast with. I think that would be really cool if you like to listen to yourself talk like I do. I, I don't judge you. I don't judge you. Honestly, do it. 
I would like that. All your points and all your suggestions for episodes will be highly appreciated. So I I would be really happy. And if you have an interest in maybe like being a guest, unless, you know, being a guest, like who knows? I that's on you. That's on you. I'm I'm not gonna persuade you into doing that, but I just saying, you know, just saying. So thank you so much for tuning in just to listen to me talk. It was beautiful. This one might be a little shorter. The next one might be a little longer. We will see. That being said, you've been a delight. I've been Nina. And you, dear travelers, just successfully finished the first quest of Nerd Out Space.